All right, good day, everybody. This is Paris B. the Reb. Thanks for joining us here on The Revolution. I don't claim to know everything, but you can talk to me about anything. And I'm just thinking like this as follows. I saw something really intriguing by my good friend, Jonasen Rosenblum. Have you, have you seen this article? Well, first of all, in today's Hamodia, in today's Hamodia, you should go and check out the article about Shchasubura in the... Um, in the Lakewood section, a young man who I'm very close to there, Shmuel Abramowitz, talks about how Shaskabur has made a big difference in his life, and uh, it can make a big difference in yours as well. We're also going to be playing an interview uh, about that at some point, also a uh, video audio interview. But take a look in today's Hamodia. I'm not necessarily pushing Hamodia, though they're a great paper, but the purpose of this is to tell you I'm pushing Shaskabura because it will help you or somebody you know go through Shask. Uh, how's my good friend out there? Uh, his initials are ML, who I know from uh, a shul here in Flatbush. If you're around, I want to say hello to you and see how you're doing. And uh, to all friends out there, again, I don't claim to know everything, but you can talk to me about anything. I want to thank all our friends at JRoot, and we're getting some very nice feedback from people who are listening to the station and, and want to hear more. Now, if you've been listening to the news uh, that we've been doing, particularly the reports that... Um, you, you might have heard from, uh, from yours truly. We'd like to get your reaction to it because we'd like to be able to promote it further and be able to uh, make it as good as possible. So why don't you give us a call at 718-683-5858 if you've got a comment about the, um, the news that you've been hearing or some story in news that you'd like to talk about or how you feel the news is being delivered if you're happy about that. Uh, but the story I was going to tell you about with um, my good friend Jonathan Rosenblum who wrote an article pertaining to why we should be concerned about uh, Prime, Minister, Prime Minister Bibi Netanyahu's son's relationship with a, um, a Gentile young woman. Now, he certainly was not saying that the negativity which came from certain politicians, from, from certain camps, which were negative, he was not lauding that. In fact, he was saying it was wrong, it was merely a political ploy, and that was not the arena to do it in. But he did say, he did say that there is good cause for concern and reason to vocalize that concern. He said, because the rest of the world looks at Israel as a bastion of democracy and a loyal country, not loyal merely to its political raison d'etre, but loyal to the root, heart, and fabric of what Israel stands for, the, whether we know or appreciate it or not, and that is Am Yisrael, who we are as a Jewish people, which means whether one really wants to admit it or not, and we, of course, do admit it. Not, not only do we admit it, but we acknowledge it, rejoice in it, and celebrate it, which is that we are Shomer Torah and Mitzvahs, and that is the root fabric of the Jewish people. You notice that the word Mesorah, in, uh, in the Torah, I believe it appears twice, right? Torah Sivalano Masorah, Torah Sivalano, Torah Sivalano Moshe Marasha, Marasha, not Masorah, Marasha, Marasha. I think it appears twice in the Torah. You can correct me if I'm wrong, and you can correct me if I'm right as well. But I think that has to do with the fact, as some of the commentaries point out, that that is only to do with the fact that we as the Jewish nation are loyal to Torah and mitzvahs. And that means that the entire world recognizes that at the heart of the Jewish people is our fidelity, our loyalty, our observance 
of Torah and Mises, the Torah which was given to us by Kaddish Baruch and Harsinai. And even the most secular Israeli understands that that's who we are. Even if they'll say things like, you know, to make that part of the, of the law and why do we have to abide by that? But they understand that the concept of marrying within the Jewish fold is a ne- necessary requisite for the survival and thriving of the Jewish people. But before we talk about thriving, first we have to talk about surviving. And the only way that we can survive as a Jewish people, the only way that we can exist as a Jewish people, is through the procreation of future Jewish generations. And that can only be done, al pi through a Jewish man marrying a Jewish woman. Now, even if you want to say that as long as the, the woman is Jewish, the lineage will continue, even halachically, that may be correct statistically, do you know that in the majority, the vast majority of instances where e- even if the father, let's say the father for some reason, were not Jewish, and the mother was, there is virtually a non-existent likelihood that the future generations will continue to be Jewish in that type of a setting. So in the best case scenario of a worst case scenario, it's still a disaster. That article by Jonas Rosenblum, Rosenblum really talks about how if the nations of the world, if even the Gentiles recognize this, then don't you think that we should? And therefore, it's important for us to recognize that there's a lot at stake when you have somebody who's a public figure, like the son of the Prime Minister of Israel, going out and venturing forth into a very, very slippery slope, how dangerous it is for, for us as Klal Yisrael, how dangerous it is for us to, to think about, oh, how open-minded, how liberal-minded is. Very dangerous indeed, and we should be vocal about it. But you have to remember something. You can't put the onus merely on the father of a young man like that, whom even though he's the prime minister, you can't necessarily take him to task. What do you expect him to do? I mean, at one point he himself was not married to somebody who was, was Jewish, and fortunately he's not in that relationship anymore, but what do you expect him to do? Anyway, what's your reaction to that? 718-683-5858, uh, This portion of the broadcast is brought to you by Mountain on Avenue M. I have to tell you, I have to tell you, I was just over there. This is really some store. It is really very special in a lot, a lot of ways. They have a, a Purim store, which is going to be open uh, this Sunday between 15th and 14th on Avenue M. You can't miss it. It's the old Amazing Savings building, and then they're going to have a, a, a Purim party the, uh, the following week. But just right now, if you're to walk into the regular store, I, I took a little tour of it, and you'll be very, very impressed to know that they have three mashkichim, three kosher supervisors on site, which they don't have to have, aside from the hashkachim that they have overall. And I, I, I went into each one of those departments without anybody knowing that I was coming. And having worked in hashkachim before, having worked in kashras, I can tell you that if you want to find out what a place is up to, go in when nobody's expecting you to come in. And I'm telling you, these workers were on their toes. They were doing what they were supposed to do on site, making sure everything was what it was supposed to be and where it was supposed to be. So just from the kosher's point of view, you're dealing with a store that you can feel very comfortable about in knowing that every aspect of the store is under kosher supervision. 
Now, they've got some interesting specials this week. Tomato soup, a 32-ounce container at $2.99. Chinese salad, $2.99. I just got some, um, what looked like a garlic chicken that really looks delicious. I just saw it freshly made and prepared and brought up. And uh, they've got a great takeout department. Uh, they've got steaks in their meat department. A blade steak at eight forty nine a pound. Asubuco. I have no idea what an asubuco. I wouldn't know what it looked like if I tripped over it. Top of the rib. I know a little bit about nine forty nine a pound. Ground beef, chillin, calico, chuckeye roast, boneless spare ribs, eleven ninety nine a pound. Stuffed veal roast at nine forty nine a pound. And in the fish department, which as you would imagine is definitely separate and distinct, fresh Scottish salmon fillet, nine ninety nine a pound. That looks like a good price. Fresh tilapia filet, $5.99 a pound. Fresh brook trout, $6.49 a pound. And tell them that you heard it here. Say, oh, we heard it on J-Root, on Perrot's B, on the rib. And uh, they'll be happy to know that, that you did. Just let them know that. So it's Mountain Fruit, the peak of quality service and selection. 1523 Avenue M, 718-998-3333. 718-998-3333. And I want to thank my good friend, Mahal uh, at Cult of Caterers for... Uh, for bringing me to the attention of uh, Mountain Fruit. And I have to tell you, I walked in there personally. And I will tell you, I try very, very much to to endorse only those products and sponsors that I personally have familiarity with and can vouch for to the best of my ability. I was there. I saw what was going on. I met the people. And I'm telling you, this is a wonderful, wonderful store. I'm sure every store that is under kosher supervision anywhere you'll go that the people are terrific and nice but i went into this particular store called mountain fruit and i want to tell you i am a real fan of theirs based on what i saw not only the fact that they're they're an advertiser now i guess you could say i'm the gay or but having said that as a sine qua non let me just tell you if you want a great shopping experience great prices terrific selection and a fantastically reliable hashkacha. I want you to go over to Mountain Fruit and make sure that you go over to the Purim store, which is opening this Sunday on Avenue M between 14th and 15th in the old Amazing Savings store. It's going to be a whole area dedicated to everything you can imagine for Purim. I don't think they're selling Megillas, but they will be selling Purim costumes and every gosh that you can shake a shtick at. So Mountain Fruit. They're at 1523 Avenue M, and their Perm store is just down the block between 14th and 15th on Avenue M. Mountain Fruit, it is the peak of quality, service, and selection. All right, 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. This is Peretz B, the Reb. Thanks for joining the Revolution. So what did you think about that commentary that we talked about pertaining to the, um, the prime minister's, the prime minister's son, involved in a relationship that could lead to his marrying outside the fold. Now, I'm not talking about him specifically. I don't want to get into Lashon Hara. But the fact that it's in the news and why should we be, should we be concerned about it? Do you agree with uh, what Jonathan Rosenboom talked about, what I mentioned to you? You can read the article. I think it's in um, in last week's Yated Neman. Take a look at it. I'll, I'll try and read it to you a little bit later. But I'd like to know what you think about it. 718-683-5858. And if my good friend M.L. is out there and giving me a call, I'd like to hear from you. Haven't heard from you in a while. Um, if you know initials M.L. stand for, if your name starts with M.L., you know what I'm talking about. This is Peretz B. The Reb with you. Thanks for joining the revolution. All right, you're on the air. Hi, how are you? 
Speak up now or forever hold your peace. Are you with us? So in reference to what you mentioned about uh, uh, you know, going out with a Gentile woman, um, I wanted to say in the name of my father, uh, Rabbi Hotstein, he should live and be well, Amen. that um, the sanctity of any marriage, especially the Jewish marriage, is what HaKadosh Baruch is trying to send a message. Uh, we know that uh, America had uh, made legal uh, gay marriage, and ever since then, America is being hit with um, terrible uh, weather this year, fires and so, and we see uh, Russia, that's supposed to be the freezing uh, continent, uh, who came out against gay marriage, has uh, Olympics going on in beautiful weather. Um, so I think... Uh, yeah, that's, you know, a, that, that's, a, that's a pretty big quantum leap. That's an interesting tzushtel. I wouldn't have gone that far, but yeah, it is interesting. That's true. And uh, now that you see, uh, you know, it's coming out uh, with... Uh, you know, uh, the Prime Minister's son uh, going out with a Gentile uh, woman, uh, the world at large has to rethink uh, the whole idea of uh, what marriage is and uh, the whole idea of what uh, a home is. And I think, it, you know, this would be a, a time where, you know, even people who do have Baruch Hashem you know, marriages uh, that they're supposed to have, that they should make sure that the marriages are, are peaceful and... and, and uh, you know, the right, uh, they should have the right uh, ideas of what marriage should be and how children should be uh, brought up. I think so I just wanted yeah. to mention that. I'm glad you did, but you know what the most impressive thing about what you said to me was? That you said that your father, so as it always says, spoken like a true Vastar, somebody who has Kivrav Aim. And that, that, I think is something we have to remember also. And when we have those values, then hopefully everything else will follow. Because maybe you could say something like, in a situation like this, if the person really had true kivirav aim, then the ultimate kivirav aim would be to understand that we have to do that which is respectful to them, and avinu b'shemayim, which is to marry within within uh, within the fold. I want to thank you very much. A very thoughtful phone call. Parents okay, be with you. Parents be the reb with you right here on the station that listens to you. I don't claim to know everything, but you can speak to me about anything and uh, anything that's on your mind or on your heart. And of course, all the uh, all the halachas of Hilchas Lashon Hora apply. So we try not to speak about people, even though at times it has to come up, and rather speak about ideas. To speak about a yid, they say that we really shouldn't do. To speak to another yid, that is a mitzvah. So we're speaking to you, and we are listening to you because this is the station that listens to you. This is an open forum for you to express ideas that can bring people forward. As my good friend Mordechai Weinberger always says, you know, it's always a, a growth mode, and that's what we want to do is to grow together. So there's no, no, no such thing here as desultory philippic. Desultory philippic was the old rhetorical term meaning for, you know, just going and speaking about things that are just interesting because it's, it's conversational. We're, we're, not, we're not interested in that. There's too much of that on the airwaves and off the airwaves. We're only interested in that conversation which, pr- which promotes growth through Torah, which, by the way, is what I'm looking at right now, Rabbi Zeller Kliskin's wonderful safer called Growth Through Torah, which uh, I use quite often. Now, in light of what we just talked about, if you look in this week's Parsha, it says, Vayomer Alehem, uh, and Aaron said to them that they should remove the golden earrings which are on the ears of your wives, sons, and daughters and bring them to me. Interesting. Um, at that time, I guess, 
it was um, in fashion, Avdal's a word, that even sons should have their uh, earrings on. Today, uh, I would say that's probably not the case. Somebody once said he had his, uh, his father's looks and his mother's jewelry. Looked like he'd been, you know, mugged by a, uh, by a, by a staple gun or, a, or a somebody who went wild in a jewelry store. But nonetheless, it, getting along this point, it says, Aaron said to them, remove the golden earrings which are on the ears of your wives, sons, and daughters, and bring them to me. Now, Dasikanim explains that Aaron's intentions were for the sake of heaven, L'shem Shemayim. And this is what he said to himself. Now that Moshe has not returned, if I will appoint Kolev or Nakshan as the leader in Moshe's absence, when Moshe returns, they will not be eager to give up their position of leadership, and this will cause a major quarrel. And then he said, if I do not appoint anyone else as a leader, they will choose a leader themselves, and this will also cause a major quarrel. And he said, if I will make myself the leader until Moshe returns, when he comes back, perhaps he'll feel that I try to usurp his leadership. Therefore, till Moshe returns, I'll keep them busy with talk about making a meaningless golden calf. The women will be reluctant to give up their jewelry, and therefore I'll be able to stall for time. Now, at first glance, when one reads this first this Pasuk, one might wonder how Aaron could have possibly taken an action that appears to be a form of Avaidazora, idolatry. But when we see his real intentions, we see that he sincerely tried to avoid doing things that could be problematic. And it's a lesson to judge other people favorably. Sometimes somebody's actions could be really favorable and wonder, you know, why is he doing that? But if you know the person's true motivations, you would realize that he meant nothing wrong and even tried to prevent something negative from happening. So before condemning someone for his behavior, ask yourself, what positive motivations and intentions could he or she possibly have had? All right, you're on the air with me. This is Paris B. The Reb. Thanks for joining the revolution. How are you? Hi, you're on the air. Hi. How are you? Baruch Hashem. Um, Thank you. What's going on? Okay, nothing much. I just, uh, oh, well, I'm nervous. I'm going to hear from at least uh, five family members and ten friends every time I call Lee Deborah. Um, okay. I, I hope. I hope. Uh, I, I hope. In a, I hope in a positive way. Yeah. Oh <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. It's great. It's a wonderful, wonderful uh, radio station. Wonderful. Uh, Thank you very much. For, all, for the, the whole um, the whole club, because uh, you know, I remember when. You know, there was a time that, you know, my husband really liked said, Oh, my gosh, you cannot turn on the radio because it was that whole Monica Lewinsky thing going on. And then I, Baruch Hashem, now most of my kids are married, but then the kids were still in the house. And you really couldn't turn on the radio. So uh, he is definitely uh, serving a wonderful purpose. Oh, man, thank for, you. Can you thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, the, speaking about uh, this Netanyahu thing, like, really, can you, can you really even blame this boy? I mean, he's a teen of Shanishba. I mean, was he raised with any, uh, any, any shred of, of, of Judaism? Real Judaism? Well, you're not trying to say that falafel and have a nagila are not Judaism, are you? All right. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's it. You know what? Unfortunately, today, I don't, they don't even have the falafel and the have a nagila. They don't even have, you know, I, I love, love Eretz Yisrael. I, my biggest joy, forget about Italy and Paris and, 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 and Madrid and I don't know what. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just happy to go to Yerushalayim. That's, that's where I love to go when I go on any vacation, any trip. I, I just adore Eretz Yisrael, but you're and, saying, and which, wait, which he you, doesn't. What, what? But, you know, it is yeah. sad to see the secular Jews. 
You know, I mean, when you walk in the street, you don't know everyone's Jewish, right? You don't know who's Jewish, who's not Jewish, if they're not from. Unfortunately, in Eretz Yisrael, you know, they're Jews and they're not keeping the Torah, and it's 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 sad, and uh, you know, it's 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 very sad, and 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 the animosity that a lot of them have for for the Haredim and the from Jews is even sadder. Not only that, but, but they don't but like. This, not only that, but they don't like them. They don't like him, no. Yeah. And you know what? I thought, you know what? It's, it's, so can you blame this boy? This boy wasn't raised with anything. And, and you know what? Like, like 30 years ago, 50 years ago, they had the Zionist that, that was that was, that was way before my time. Yeah, well, yeah, oh, yeah, but you know what I mean? When, when the state was founded, and even for many, many years afterwards, there was, uh, at least they believed in Zionism. They believed in the state of Israel. They believed in, in the country. They had that. Today, the youth of Israel doesn't even, they're not even uh, interested in that much. Yeah, that seems to they're be true. They're interested in making money. They're interested in, you know, uh, a hedonistic lifestyle. I don't know what they're, they're, they're not even, they're not even Zionistic anymore. There's not even the love of country. You know, there's, it's, it's, there's nothing. Well, that seems to be, the, you know, that seems to be what uh, Jonathan Rosenblum was talking about. I want to thank you very much for the call. You can always stay in touch with us at, uh, at jrood or eichlermedia at gmail.com if you'd like to pass on your comment. But I thought what you said was, uh, very insightful. I do appreciate that. I, I just want to read some of what uh, Yonason Rosenblum talked about, and he says why it matters who Yahoo marries. And uh, my good friend Yonason said that uh, CNN had contacted him and asked him to write a, a piece explaining why Israelis are upset by, Yaron, by Yair Netanyahu's relationship with a non-Jewish woman from Norway. And uh, Rabbi Yonason said that he was actually puzzled. Why would anybody care? So he said it's not exactly like they're, you know, putting putting forth wedding plans, he says, and it's, you know, not exactly clear what they're doing, and you weren't getting information from the prime minister's office what was going on. He says, but most important, such involvements between Jews and non-Jews are not exactly news anymore. He said he would guess that minimally a million Jews, Hashem Yerachim, around the globe are currently in some kind of relationship with a non-Jew. According to a recent Pew study, the intermarriage rate among non-Orthodox Jews in America is currently 71% a Shemi Rachim, which means that more than four out of five marriages involving a non-Orthodox Jew are intermarriages, Lowell Lenu. American Jewry has completely thrown in the towel on intermarriage, he says. Opposition to intermarriage is likely to be labeled racist, and, and that's just by Jews. A JTA writer tried to get Rick Jacobs, who's the president of the Union of Reformed Judaism, to answer the question, is there any value in articulating a communal preference for endogamy? Endogamy, endogamy means marrying within uh, one's own religion or, um, or purview. Jacobs pointedly refused to answer. The best that he could say was, well, uh, I as a parent would love to see as much Jewish commitment as possible. It's possible if you marry somebody Jewish. It's possible if you marry somebody not Jewish. I wonder what on earth made him come to that conclusion. So, Jonathan Rosenblum says that as puzzled as he was by CNN's request to him, he said he discovered rather quickly that Yair's relationship was indeed a diversion for the Israeli media and that the young couple, if that's what they are, and the reaction in Israel were being gleefully reported abroad. So his next question was, why would anybody in England or elsewhere care about that subject? So he came up with two answers. Now, now tell me what you think about this. First of all, a number of religious Knesset members foolishly 
use the rumors in a way to to put down, to embarrass Prime Minister uh, Netanyahu, which they really shouldn't have done. And they were on the outs with him. So this was just a political foible, uh, a tool. And what, what's he supposed to do? Order his son to have nothing to do with this person? And, uh, you know, they very, uh, as he called it, they harumphed. <coughs> if Netanyahu, why didn't he do himself? Well, come on. This was, you know, a made-for-TV donning of sackcloth by certain politicians, and uh, it just made made everybody think, you know, oh, it's just racist, racist and clannish, which is, of course, not what the reality is. It may look like it, but that's not what it is. He says, but he thinks there were deeper reasons why the Europeans took a sense of glee in this. Now listen to this. He said that Europeans who do not in general care much for Israel they sense that if the son of the prime minister of the Jewish state, as this woman just pointed out to us, is always busy demanding that Israel be recognized as such by the Palestinians, and the grandson of an eminent Jewish historian is dating a Gentile, that's not great news for Israel. Why might that be? Well, in general, says Jonas and Rosenblum, in general, Israel, Israelis are among the most patriotic people in the world. And despite the seemingly endless threats with which they live, they're also among the most optimistic. If one were to plot all the developed countries on a graph, you know, like you plot a graph with the vertical axis fertility rates and the horizontal axis suicide rates, Israel would be all alone in the upper left quadrant. Truly a nation that dwells alone. And then he talked about the birth rate in Israel, and etc., etc. And he talked about how ultimately the most powerful source of national will for the secular public comes from a feeling of being representatives of the Jewish nation throughout the generations. As a religious IDF colonel, with whom he spent some time talking with, put it, he says there is a sense of Jewish pride, but he wonders if that exists among the younger generation today in any way. He said, except amongst the religious population. Quite possibly the most important national service the Haredim perform is to serve as a concrete symbol that there is something far more precious than gold or silver in being Jewish. And that, I presume, is what Yarir Shelig meant when he wrote, at a time the Israeli government was contemplating giving up sovereignty over the Kosal, that Haredi students bent over the Gomorrah do more for the state than they would in the army, because they remain the sole source of unadulterated Jewish identity. Wonder and enchantment with the Jewish story as it is, is petty, is pretty much the only tool remaining to, to take hold of stopping intermarriage. How did a tiny and despised people survive two millennia, cut off from the land, a solitary sheep among seventy wolves? Why was every ancestor of any Jewish living today, any Jew living today, whether a great scholar or a simple peasant, willing to give up his or her life rather than betray their people, or betray Hashem. Does history record a greater miracle in the smallest of the nations returning to that same tiny sliver of land for which they had prayed and died for for 2,000 years? You know, we just marked the 53rd anniversary of the famous Montreal debate, which perhaps you heard about, in which Yaakov Herzog made a, a well, he made mincemeat of the eminent historian Arnold Toynbee, who had labeled the Jews as a fossilized people. All materialist explanations of history from Marx to Toynbee, founder on the continued existence of the Jewish people, which is one reason 
for the vituperation of the materialist historians, and why Toynbee dismissed the Jews as some vestigial holdover. And as Jonathan Rosenblum continues, once the Jewish story was far better known in Israel than today, Tanakh, Jewish history, and even Gomorrah were important elements to the initial education, to the curriculum of even Ben-Gurion. And when Mr. Rosenblum and I guess people like myself hitchhiked around the country in the 70s, 1970s, not the 1870s, the young Israelis that we met, they all could tell you where you were in the part of the country and what it had to do with Tanakh. Try and do that today. What does the Jewish story, a sense of oneness, as of a sense of oneself connected to a past, a present, and a future, have to do with intermarriage? Well, it says in Perkyovis, the task is not yours to complete, nor are you free to leave it off. Every Jew living today is part of a chain that did not begin with us, and it's not going to end with us, unless we deliberately break that chain. When a Jewish male marries a non-Jewish woman, he ends a particular chain of ancestors going back over 3,000 years. That chapter of the Jewish story is closed for his children and will not be the next page in Jewish history. The same is true as a matter of statistics, if not halacha, when a Jewish woman marries a non-Jewish man. Though halachically Jewish, according to all, story, story, to all studies, intermarried couples, that, that offspring, those offspring are overwhelmingly likely to intermarry themselves in the homes in which they are raised if you're going according to Rick Jacobs, are likely to be devoid, absent of Jewish content. Sociologist Bruce Phillips in a mid-1990s study found that only 14% of intermarried homes identified primarily as Jewish, and 60% of those had Xmas trees in their house. The determination to marry another Jew, again, according to take the spokesman from the Reform Movement, is a commitment to continue the Jewish story. For those in whom the preciousness of Judaism burns, an unending flame that will never die even though it might flicker, the necessity, the mandate of marrying another Jew is also a matter of logic, not just halacha, because to transmit a sense of historic mission, especially one that has often entailed a heavy price to convey that to one's children, a home in which both parents are committed to that goal. There is nothing racist about choosing for one's life partner, one who shares one's most precious values. Doing so is a powerful affirmation of those values. Any human being who is prepared to make the same commitment that our ancestors did at Sinai, they're free to join the Jewish people. True, the insistence on marrying only a fellow Jew may involve placing one's connection to the Jewish people above one's personal desires. As long as the Jews of Israel continue to view themselves as emissaries of the historical Jewish people and not as isolated individuals, Israel will remain the healthiest of the nations. But as Jonas and Rosenblum concludes, when they cease to do so, Israel will be in big trouble. The Gentiles of the world know that, and so should we. This is Parrots B. Eichler. Open your eyes, America. 718-683-5858. I'd like to thank my, good friend, thank my good friends Iran and David being in the studio with me. Want to talk about great people. Well, they are.
Happy that they're on board with us and part of the J-Root family. You're on board with me, Perez B. The Reb. Thanks for joining the revolution. What's on your mind today? Hi, how are you? Hello there. You're on the line. This is J-Root, Perez B. The Reb. What's going on? All right. Ah, thank you very much for that beautiful imitation of a dial tone. That was fantastic. All right, anybody else? <laughs> anybody else there with us right now? 718 683 718-683-5858. What did you think about that? We had somebody call in before talking about how the sense of identity seems to have waned among many young Israelis. And uh, perhaps that's why we shouldn't be too quick to take to task the uh, the son of the prime minister for the course which he has set upon, which could change, by the way. You know, anything could happen. He could have a, a pang of conscious, consciousness, conscience, but uh, it could change. And hopefully it will change. But what what should our be, our reaction be to it? And what do you think about that? What do you think about the commentary which we just said? 718-683-718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And uh, anything else that's on your mind or that's going on in the news that you'd like to talk about, like to schmooze about, with, uh, of course, a focus on what it's going to mean to our own personal growth. 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. This portion of the broadcast is brought to you by Mountain Fruit. Their Purim store is going to be opening up this Sunday. It's where the old Amazing Savings was, between 14th and 15th on Avenue M. And the following Sunday, they're going to have a Purim party. I want to tell you that if you're looking for great savings, they are the peak of quality, service, and selection. Let me give you some uh, of their weekly specials now, which, as you might guess, change by the week. That's why they're called weekly specials. Uh, Life Cereal. Two ninety nine Kellogg Special K two ninety nine Hunt's Tomatoes assorted twenty eight ounces ninety nine cents Apple and Eve Apple Juice Wesson Oil Canola Vegetable Oil three forty nine B and G Pickles thirty two ounces one ninety nine Bumblebee Pink Salmon a fourteen point seven five ounce container at only two ninety nine and uh, let's see what they've got in the produce aisle Green Seedless Grapes uh, and this is going to expire on February fourteenth not the grapes but the offer will. And that's $1.99 a pound. Romaine hearts are one seventy-nine. Red pepper, $0.99 cents a pound. Hothouse cucumbers, $0.79 cents each. Persian cucumbers, $1.69. Uh, Persian cucumbers, eh, that is Persia. That, isn't that where McGillis Hester took place? Yeah, get Persian cucumbers just in time for, for Purim. $1.69 a pound. Peeled baby carrots with stems. With stems. I never saw them without stems, but okay. <laughs> All right, you have without, you, if you want them with the stems, maybe you could special order them. Green squash, 59 cents a pound. Cortland extra large apples, 89 cents a pound. And in the bakery, Pollock's Hummantoshin, two for $5. Beagle's Rainbow Cookies, Oberlander. Uh, they've got, listen, just go over there and, and cook a rind. See what they've got. You're going to like it. Uh, I was there, and uh, it's mountain fruit, and they've got an app store. They've got um, you can, a whole thing where you can order online from anywhere you are in the world. And tell you, after being over there, their fresh cook stuff looks great as well. And uh, that's Mountain Fruit at the Peak of Quality Service and Selection, 1523 Avenue M. Tell them that you heard it here on the Reb on J-Root on the radio. Just tell them that you heard it here. They'll be happy to know that. And we're going to be having some further promotions to, uh, to let them know that you know about it. And hopefully you'll get something in return for that, uh, we're developing that now as we speak. But go up and let them know that. If you want to fax in your orders, it's 
1-800-998-0726. Mountain Fruit 1523 Avenue M. Tell them that you heard it here. This is Parents Be the Reb with you. 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. What are you doing to get ready for Purim? It says that on Purim cutting that there's no difference between um, Adarisha and Adarshani except for two things. You know what those two things are? What are the two things that are, there's no difference between Purim cutting and and then the regular perm. And uh, are you going to be doing anything special on this perm cutting? Call me at 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And we'll be happy to take your call right here on the station that listens to you. This is Barrett's B, the Reb. And thanks for joining the revolution. You know, if you want to have a peaceful Shabbos, you know you have to have a peace. what you have to do? Was that a rhetorical question? No, I'm going to give you an answer. You have to have mastery over your own midos. It says, Six days shall be, the work shall be done, and on the seventh day it should be complete rest, sacred to the Almighty. Now Rashi comments in this that rest on Shabbos should be a permanent rest and not merely a temporary rest. And uh, Rabbi Pliskin says he heard from Rukhayim Shmulevitz the following explanation. A temporary rest means that a person has not really changed his inner traits, but he merely controls them in Shabbos. He still has a bad temper, and a tendency to engage in quarrels, but because of the elevation of Shabbos, he has self-discipline, and these traits are not manifest. But the ultimate in Shabbos observance is that a person should uproot those negative traits which are contradictory to the peace of mind Shabbos. So, stay out of arguments, Shabbos. I just heard from one of my, my great rabbim and likely Rabbi Elias Rafter today that the Yetzirah always mixes in on Erev Shabbos and uh, is always looking to cause fights. And that's why you might, might notice that things can get a little bit heated up don't, don't let the Yetzirah get into your house on, uh, on Erev Shabbos. You know, when Erev Shabbos arrived, Rabari Levin, the great Sadak of Yerushalayim, on, on Friday after midday, he wouldn't even open any letters so that any bother, boss, bothersome thoughts or, or worries wouldn't trouble him. Now listen to this. One Friday night, a police officer came to the home of the great Sadak Rabbi Yaakov Yosef Herman when he was living in, in the Lower East Side. And the, the officer says, uh, Rabbi, I just received a word. There's a fire in your first door. The fire bombs and learners do the best to extinguish the fires. I advise you, Rabbi, that you get down there right away. Pronto, mix, mix get over there. Your, your store's burning down. You don't want to be here while it's burning. Well, Rabbi Yaakov Yosef thanked the police officer and said, It's our Shabbos. It's the Sabbath. I can't be there until after. It ends tomorrow night. The policeman looked at him in amazement. Hey, Rabbi, let me see if I get this straight. Yeah, your store's burning down, and you're not going to go there and see what's happening? Is that is that what you're saying, Rabbi? I mean, uh, with my store, I'd be over there, you know, see what I could do, you know what I mean? Rabbi Herman said to him, the entire Shabbos lies ahead of me, and I will not desecrate it. But I thank you so much for your thoughtfulness, officer. I really do appreciate it. Well, the entire Shabbos, Rabbi Yaakov, Yaakov Yosef Herman showed no anxiety he sang Zmiras, set his Devar Torah at the table, and didn't hurry to make Abdullah after Shabbos. Moses Shabbos Kodesh on Saturday night, Rabbi Yaakov Yosef rode over to 7th Avenue where his first store was situated, expecting to see it in shambles. Instead, however, it was not his store that had gone up in flames. It was entirely intact. It was the one next to it. More than we keep Shabbos, Shabbos keeps us. This is Parents Be the Reb. We'll take your thoughts right now. 718-683-5858. We'll take a musical break and, uh, and then we'll be heading back uh, up into Lakewood country today and uh, we are expecting a big winter storm. Hashem could change that around. It could be a little winter storm or no winter storm, but 
you know what? If it comes, be ready for it. Just, you know, bundle up and uh, make sure that you're stocked up with food. Mountain Fruit is a great place to go. I would go there today uh, and stock up on stuff just to be, you know, just to be sure. But meanwhile, um, make sure that you're, that you're dressed for the winter because it is still winter in the Northeast. So in case you didn't notice it, it looks like a storm is coming. Shem should help us weather it. 718-683-5858. Give us a, a thought for whatever is on your mind, and we'll be back right after this. 718-683-5858. Do we have any news? You go up to heaven, you climb all those stairs They won't ask you were you wise like Solomon They won't ask you were you strong like Samson They'll ask just one question and you give just one answer It's the end of the game and only one thing matters They'll say, did you give it all you got? Cause in this life you only have what you got So give it, give it, give it all you got In this world we only have We only have what we got So give it, give it, give it all you got If you say it's easy, I'll say it's not You gotta give it, give it, give it, give it all you got And if you say it's not for you, I'll say it's your lot You gotta give it, give it, give it, give it all you got Say you're tired, I'll say tick-tock You gotta give it, give it, give it, give it all you got And you could put my album on a shelf to write just Give it, give it, give it, give it all you got After working so hard and wiping those tears You look in the mirror, you face all your fears Don't be a fool all right, everybody, this is Parents Be the Reb. Thanks for joining us. Now, the news right here on Front and Center Talk, Paracycler News and Commentary. Congress appears to be on track to send President Barack Obama a must-do legislation to extend tr- the Treasury's borrowing authority without any concessions from the White House. Senate leaders scheduled to vote on Wednesday. That is today, before an expected snowstorm hits the Capitol. The GOP-controlled House passed the measure on Tuesday uh, with... Republicans supplying only a handful of the votes. Comments made on Tuesday as he received Hebrew University's honorary doctorate for his leadership, dedication to human rights, and efforts to deepen the European Union's relations with Israel and its universities. That um, that went on today. Dedication to human rights. The Hebrew University of Jerusalem's president, uh, Professor Menachem Ben Sasson, was awarded the universe, university's highest honor to European Parliament President Martin Schulz, who... Um, was against any European boycott of Israel. So listen, if he did something worthy, stand up and uh, and be lauded for it. While not, um, other news that we are following for you today, and that is that one of the participants participants in the meeting of the Shaket Committee on Tuesday was Professor Yedidia Stern, Vice President of the Israel Democracy Institute. Stern explained to committee members that, in his view, what's about to become the new Haredi draft law is not acceptable. He stated that the Tal law, which did not represent equality, was disqualified. He doesn't think that this is going to be much better. A media watchdog's annual survey suggests that a zealous bid to protect national security has taken a toll on press freedom. Above all, in the United States, of all places, the survey released today by Reporters Without Borders 
ranks the U.S. 46th amongst 180 countries, a fall of 13 places. It also highlights the negative impact of armed conflict of, on media freedom. So that's something that's being covered. And uh, another story that we're covering for you, a federal judge on Wednesday, that is today, set a November trial date for Boston Marathon bombing suspect Dezokotar Charneyev over the objections of defense attorneys who said that uh, that that's not going to give him enough time to prepare. How much time do they need? They've got to figure out, you know, where he put the bomb, how he put the bomb, anything they'll do to stall it. Judge George O'Toole Jr. said he believes that November 3rd is a realistic trial date, and that is fair. Uh, put in more simplistic terms, tough noogies. Meanwhile, <laughs> let's picture the true story of a wonderful base Jakob girl in high school. She has friends, she loves Torah classes, she well, she really does well in Mudechol, and um, she, she's got a great life. And um, what we're getting at here is that she's, she's wondering what's going to be happening when she starts Shaduchim, and they read her somebody with a Shiva boy that's, that's smoking. So is that something that, that should be hidden from, from a person going out in the Shaduch? Or is that something that should be revealed? And should it make a difference? That's going to be a subject of a commentary, but meanwhile, it's a new story which is coming out now, and a lot of people are talking about it. Doesn't make a difference if a fellow in yeshiva smokes. Is it a reflection of his character or not? All right, well, it is a new story, so we just thought we'd mention it to you right now. Other stories that we are following for you right now, and this is extremely important that this winter storm that's heading our way uh, is scheduled. Uh, you know, I can't, we're not Hashem's secretary, we don't know, but right now it's scheduled to make a, a big splash in the area. It's going to be sunny and cold right now, but low pressure developing, and that means that's going to produce a winter storm, if predictions are correct, beginning Wednesday night, overnight Thursday, with a lot of precipitation, which means a lot of snow, a lot of wet rain, so please make sure to uh, take proper precautions. The storm is going to be moving into the area uh, somewhere about 4 a.m. this morning, so you got plenty of time to get ready. So please make sure that you are ready and do everything that you can to make sure that uh, you're protected from the storm. We are giving you a storm warning right now. This is Parrots B, the Reb, with news for you on the station that listens to you, all the news that's fit to hear, and uh, we're uh, going to have great programming for the rest of the day, and hopefully uh, you will be able to enjoy it on the station that listens to you. This is J Root Radio. Remember, my friends, in the words of Hillel, the rest is commentary. Now go and learn!